CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome from the chimney in Idaho. Thank you for joining Cross Politic today. And that chimney is smoking. Yes, it is. Literally. <laughs> well, at least this room is. <laughs> the chimney in Idaho. That's right. Well, happy Memorial Day. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah. I what sat is next what? to a uh, a Vietnam vet on the way home from uh, Virginia on Saturday. Is that what that loud conversation was about? Yeah, yeah. You guys, was, did he play football too? No, no. That was a was uh, he from that, Texas? That was a Bahamian that I met um, going from Virginia to Charlotte. The um, Viet- Vietnam veteran was the uh, guy I set on the plane going from uh, uh, Phoenix to Spokane. Did you share the gospel with anybody? So no, I didn't. Oh, I was tired. I. Sh- Maybe. Now you make me feel bad. <laughs> no, the, the Bahamian. He was he was a Christian. The Bahamian guy. Uh, he moved his family to Liberty so they could go to the Christian school there and the college. Oh wow! Oh, oh in in uh, in Lynchburg. Yeah. Oh, to Liberty yeah. University. There's Liberty Academy, which is this Christian school there. Okay, and then the and university. then there's the university, and he he works in in the Bahamas, right? And um, uh, oh, he still works. He the still Bahamas. works. So oh, he goes. Wow. He goes back and, and works, oh, and then wow. comes home. And does he baptize his babies? Hurricane <laughs> season. I don't know how to uh, we didn't, didn't get, that get that far. Yeah, yeah. You know that's what? That's and, and, and I don't feel about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounds like he might be in a little bit of a cage stage. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. It's, right? You know, I've I mean, heard that before. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just think that reflects badly on you guys. Uh, <laughs> <not me. laughs> oh man, Watch out! I just I just want to remind our listeners to make sure you guys are checking out our blogazine. We uh, oh we got wow. some great articles. Like, yeah, we got I can't some keep really up good, with them. I know you guys are cranking them. Um, we got a really good managing editor, and she is on top of it. Um, Rachel Seaborn, thank you so much. Shout um, out to Rachel. Yeah, Shout Rachel. Out. Rachel's awesome. Uh, Jason Farley, yep. Rep Burns. Um, Moses, uh, Ratrude, Batrude, um, Ben Zorns, uh, Ben Zorns, yep, yep. Luke Dickinson, um, Pastor Toby Sumter. Yep. Pass. He's going to pass. He's going to be right. Get him yep. to write for us <laughs> uh, somehow. Chalk Knox huh? eventually. What? <laughs> oh yeah. I don't want to read my we're, stuff. We're all going to eventually be writing for this. We're just, he was just uh, telling me yeah. earlier today how he's all into like, you know, the, the Chicago rule the <laughs> manual for writing. Like he's all into that. Like Chicago Manual. I almost like, got me kicked out of seminary the first year. <laughs> what is this? My professor's looking at my paper. Uh-uh, we don't allow crown on the papers now. You can't write your name in crown. <laughs> like, what? That's not Chicago. It's a Chicago crown. It's like Chicago style. It's like, is that South Side or is that? <laughs> it took me forever to try to figure out what are they uh, talking hilarious. about? It's like, honey, they're, they're doing gang stuff over there at the seminary. I remember that first time I turned the paper, I sent it to my pastor first. And I said, hey, would you just proof this for me? I remember getting it back and all I saw was red. It was just nothing oh, but red. He's oh, like, man. you know, Knox, <laughs> I think you got a calling on your life, but you can't write. You're going to have to learn. So I, yeah. I remember getting like, he sent me like three grammar books, changed my life. So oh, it wow. hasn't helped my English much, but writing, yeah. I can get a little You're, 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 you're coming along. I realized there, along. Were, there were rules of this thing. I was like, oh, okay. I see. I see. Periods. I see. Nice. So guys, hold on, hold on. We got Matt Walsh. Coming on? Yes. At, Walsh. For our interview today. I did so, not know he was as young as he was. 30 years old. He's 30 years I was old. Like, I was like, man, I started a blog like five times. And, he, <laughs> <laughs> and he even sounds like he's he's 50. Yeah. You hear his yeah. voice. It's like, yeah. well, we called him, you know, before we everybody gets to hear the interview. You know, you, you talk to him and it sounds like just an old man. I'm like, oh, this guy's like 48. Yeah. No, I, said, was, I thought he was pretty young. I, I, I know he's quite that young. Yeah. yeah. I saw a video that he posted um, kind of about the whole Islam, the... A, a terrorism he posted a three-minute video of that on twitter yeah, and i yeah. looked at him I'm like this guy's a pup i know yeah now i know i'm getting old when i start calling somebody else a pup I'm right. like really i know absolutely guy. yep i love it though yeah it's great i can't wait super f- super fun discussion with matt so so hang on to that 
Um, to get into cross politic news, let me let me start with this uh, this video here. Okay. Oh man. Oh. You are graduating at a time. Uh oh. When there is a full fledged assault on truth and reason. <laughs> just log on. <laughs> we're gonna, we're just gonna stop right there. That's all I can handle from that one. So Hillary Clinton is speaking at her alma mater, which is Willesley Willesley College. Would you say that again? Willesley College. It's in Texan. Um and yeah, in Texan, some sort of translation. You guys, you guys, Google it and uh, just and, spell it for us. Texanese. I can't spell it either. <laughs> and and it just it just oh man, it's bothered me so much because this is the party who kills the unborn. This yep, is the party yep. who accepts any form of marriage, basically. Yeah, or they're gonna yep. poly- polygamy's coming. They have to. This is the party who believes the the Earth is six point four billion years old. That's right. You know this, and and and, then and, that's, and all of those things are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. That's right. right? That's yeah, right. right. It's not fixed. Yeah. Right, right. Right. I mean, the Clintons were saying only a decade or two ago, or whatever, that no, that's right. marriage is between, between one man, man and, and one woman. That's right. That's right. Bill um, Clinton signed, signed DOMA. Yeah, the what Def- is it? Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA, yeah, D-O-M-A. Right. What happened to that truth? Oh. What happened to that truth? Well, over time. Yeah. So yeah, we, like Hillary, what <laughs> yeah. is truth? That's what I was just gonna say like. What is true? It's fun. It's great that you're saying that, and I agree with you, but I don't think that means what you think it means. Right. <laughs> you keep saying that. You keep that. saying that, but, <laughs> you know, what is truth? This is another thing, too, that, you know, um, reading Matt Walsh's book, he was talking about the um, truth, right? Like, that was really, yeah. like, we need to be able, I think it was at the the last chapter was, how do we win a war that's already lost, you know? Um, and it's like, we just got to be proclaiming the truth. And And one of the things that, not just proclaiming truth, we need to define it. You know, um, and one of the things that we need to find truth as is that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Right. Like we need to find truth Mm -hmm. in Jesus, not just there's this floating truth out there. No, it is directly rooted in Christ. Yeah. Right. And it flows from him. And if you don't have Christ and your truth, you you don't have truth. Right. You know, and so that's one of the things, too, is like while we're proclaiming the truth, you have to proclaim Christ as the truth, you know, and what Christ says on the subject. So that's one of the things, too, that, well, she's definitely not going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> she's not going to hang her flag there. Like, did she quote a Bible, Bible verse in that speech? Yeah, you know, but. yeah. For everything that's moving, how how do you come to truth? Right. And that's another thing too is that while we're proclaiming truth, people, um, there isn't a way for people to get to truth a- apart from Jesus either, <laughs> right? right? You can't just all of a sudden put this truth out there, and all of a sudden this truth just sits on people's ears and it convinces them, and they move their position towards yours. It doesn't happen like that. We're right. we're dealing with a heart issue. That's why we have to preach Jesus, right? Right. And related to that, though, is also is is a, a certain kind of um, a prioritization to truth. Mm. So, so you know, there's a there are fundamental things about reality, the way that God made the world, and there are bigger blocks and smaller blocks. Mm. So, you know, the fact that I don't know, um, you know, grass is green is true, right? Um, right. And that's part of the way God made the world. And obviously, if there was a great movement to say, no, grass is actually gray or pink or, you know, whatever, then, you know, we'd need to address that. People do paint their lawns. But <laughs> I'm yes. serious. In Moscow? Do they do that in, in no, Idaho? It's normally in California where the, yeah. the grass can be a little browner. Yeah, right. Well, what makes you think that it should be green? But my point, <laughs> but my point is, <laughs> boys. Don't be so narrow-minded. <laughs> uh, but the but it's, it's um, when they start saying... Uh, a boy is not a boy. Right. A girl is not a girl. Marriage is not marriage. Then they're they're attacking certain building blocks of reality. Yeah. And, and if that's all grounded in Jesus Christ. He is the word in which all things uh, cohere and 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 exist. He upholds all things. Um. But but they're attacking those basic building blocks of reality. Yep. And and then if you just have this sort of vague notion that the you know truth is the truth is out there. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The uh, Scully and what's what's the you know um, what's that show, you know? I don't know. I don't watch TV. I truth pray. Is, the truth is out there. You know that one? Yeah, and, and yeah, but I, I, we're gonna have a listener who can write yeah. in and tell us. Hey, if you want to win a, a Cross Politic <laughs> T-shirt, which by the way we do have at CrossPolitik.com. Yes, please check it uh, out. <laughs> swag plug uh, <laughs> and get you some of that Cross Politic coffee. Yeah, it's good because it'll it'll help you know the truth. 
Did we Ooh, just get, that's yeah, right. It, Sovereignty blend. Sovereignty blend. Help you know the truth. When you're, when you're waking up in the morning and you don't remember the truth, drink some cross Baltic <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pull a carrot. There's a commercial in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I dare three people right now to buy some cross politic coffee and send it to Hillary Clinton. I dare three people to get oh. up right now. <laughs> <laughs> That buy would some, be awesome. Buy some cross politics swag and send it to Hillary Clinton. I got you some truth. Awesome. <laughs> Get her some truth right Amen. now. Truth. <laughs> See her wear that hat. Uh, so, so related related to this, um, there's an article actually. Um, U.S. Uh, USA Politics Today covered covered some of this, and um, there's there's a, uh, a movement going on. People, you know, some of the liberals are frustrated with Trump wanting to construct a wall, and you know, build a wall. And um, and they're saying they're arguing that it's just an extension of his penis. So the wall is an extension of his penis. Can we say? Can, and, we, can we say that on the ex- podcast? Yeah, we can. An expression okay. of patriarchal rape culture. So the wall is. That's Where what is the this? wall is. Where is this? This is in USA Politics Today. So USA Today. Wow. Their politics. Yep. <laughs> and 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 so this is a quote from a Washington sophomore. Did you? Did you? edit the quote so that it you know if we have kids that are like 13 years old who are listening to the show <laughs> their parents won't say what are you saying on cross politics did you yeah well i mean okay. the, the quotes, I, I just i don't know what you're gonna say I it just, just scares me yeah, right yeah. now that's what they're we we live in this world okay yeah and, no I'm, and, I'm i'm just saying show baraka you know there's 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 mtv there's usa today that's true that there's true. facebook don't you have a thing on language there's cross politics <laughs> so yeah did, did you write a blog yeah, on does, language? Yeah, yeah, okay i did so I'm not done, and so he basically is arguing that the the wall is an extension of Trump and his private parts, and that Thank it's you. it's <laughs> it's just a um it's it's all about patriarchal rape culture, mm. and um and and so he's talking about castrating his penis. Oh no! Right. So there's this this move what? movement. Um, it's not really movement. Castrating whose penis? His own. Like, and, and if Trump builds the wall, I'm going to castrate my penis because it's all connected to the rape culture, and and I want to be against that. And so, Actually, uh, the Apostle Paul said something about this in Philippians, about the Judaizers. <laughs> yeah. It's Galatians. Yeah, that's if they want to be more righteous. Go oh, ahead right, right, right. In Philippians, he, call, he calls them dogs and mutilators of yeah. the flesh. And in right. Galatians, he says, you know, yeah. I want you to cut it off. If they want you right. to be righteous, you know, right, right. go ahead and cut the whole thing off. Yeah, right. Get more ca- righteous. Ca- castrate yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is, the, this is the liberal culture that's on Hillary's right. team, right? I, I think that's wonderful, actually. You know what? I, I think it's wonderful. But, yeah, I know, do. Like, like I, you know, I, I want to like do it. Like, I, I mean, you believe? Like, stand for something. Go, go for it. Because actually, that's the thing. Go back to the Hillary thing. Hillary says truth and means nothing by it. Right. That's right. Means yeah. nothing by it. Yeah. But if this guy actually follows through, it's idiotic. It's insane. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's horrific. Yeah. But he would actually have skin in the game. Yeah. <laughs> literally (laughs) but but that's the thing is that people don't um when when truth can mean anything then you don't then it doesn't cost you anything he's gonna you know right if truth can mean anything it doesn't cost you anything yeah but if truth is fixed anywhere then it's gonna cost you something yeah right yeah you're you're gonna stand by it and you're gonna and you're gonna suffer for it yeah oh he's gonna suffer i know so that's 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 why i said i think it's great so this this is wrong but it's wonderful. <laughs> at least he's at least right. he's got some skin in the but, game. But it's yeah. but it's like Muslims. It's like Islam. Right. No, Islam that's right. is wrong. That's right. Yeah. Islam worships a false god. That's right. And they're blowing themselves up and they're doing horrific things. They're taking over wrong. Dearborn, Michigan. Right. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's wrong. It's horrible. It's evil. But they they have more of a backbone than the left. Yeah. But do, do you? But I mean, okay. So just to push back against that a little bit, do you think that the backbone the left has, as far as you know, how they've been able to move? One of the things that um. In the book with Matt Walsh, he says like how the minority has begun to in, uh, affect and plug the majority. So in one gay way, marriage, in gay marriage, trans, transgender, yeah, these, they're, they're minority yeah. in all of this. Yet yeah. in some in some way, they're wagging America. Right. You know what I mean? And so in some that's ways, because, that's because Christians don't have a backbone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and, so and, here's, and here's, there's there's so, what seventy five uh, you know hundred million evangelicals right. here in the U S. We are not the minority. Right. So yeah. so so take what I just said. Yeah. Hillary means nothing by it. Yep. Left doesn't have a backbone. Yep. And the Christian church has even less of a backbone. Oh, I don't want to know Toby. what you want us to do. Right. Let, let me let me pause right here real quick. Let me let me pause. <laughs> this get baptized. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Amen. Hey, there's a circumcision, right? Get baptized. Yeah. Colossians 2. Yeah. Colossians 2, baby. That's right. <laughs> um, so this might sound like changing the subject, but it's not. So so Trump just released his his budget um this year and I got another little video to play on this. 2018 budget. 
Um, the name on the cover is the new foundation for American greatness. <laughs> so that's that's the name of oh, that's gosh. the name of Trump's budget. So yeah. he just. If just liberals would have did that, that would have been crazy. The new foundation for American greatness. If liberals right. would have came out with that, it was like socialism. I don't remember yeah. ever hearing the title of a budget before. <laughs> no, no. Did, did, no. Is, is that like a Trump thing? But this one's so good. No, I think they title it every year. Do they year. always title I think it? They do. But Trump, I, I but could Trump, be wrong. But. Trump gets a lot more attention than any other president this time no, has. We never get to hear the titles. No, From now no. on, though, I want to hear I the want titles. every title. Okay. Every budget. Every budget. Every, every president. I better know the title. So let's rank them. Right now, this is the top, right? Like, maybe we should go back and find, you know. So in this budget, somebody, well, somebody out there needs to go out there, and I want a list. I want a Wikipedia page <laughs> of the titles uh, awesome. of all of the budgets. Absolutely. If you want to win yeah. a free cross politics shirt, <laughs> send us the link to that page. To, to at the least page. the last ten. At least the last ten. Come on, last yeah. ten. And we got to rank them. Oh, we yeah. got to rank them. I want to know the titles. Who's, the, who's got the best title? <laughs> well, the reason they probably don't have this kind of um, party over the titles because most people, most most presidents probably don't want you knowing right the budget. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just like, to it, most of them know? just say like you know Bush's budget, right? Yeah, Bush's, exactly. Bush's budget, exactly. Two Clinton's budget, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is Trump's? What is Trump's title? The Foundation for America. I just, uh, the new look, Foundation for American Greatness. There oh, we go. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So oh, as gosh. part of this, as part of this budget, like every presidential budget, usually have some sort of cuts to come with it. <laughs> Um, That's what at, people are mostly happy about. At some level, whether they're significant or not, most of them are not significant. But but Trump's budget, he wants to cut about eight hundred fifty five million from the agricultural department. He wants to cut about six hundred thirty three million from the commerce department. He wants to cut four point nine billion from the education department. Wow. He wants hey. to cut about four hundred million from the energy department, health services, uh, four point eight billion from human health services, homeland security, two hundred thirty five million. House and urban development, four point one billion. Um, uh, well, I could go on. We, we might need to. I want to hear. I want to. I don't want to rush through these. I want to. I want to know what the uh, like what the balance on it all though is because he also yeah, upped, right. upped like yep. military spending. Yeah, pretty significant. Yeah, he had military spending. Um, Medicaid and Medicare and uh, social services all remained the same social as, security. as what they. Um, social security yeah. all remained basically. He probably gave them the standard three um, percent or GDP. Um, budget that they that they gain every year because they gain every year. Yeah, um, we we I want to I want to hear those. Maybe we can do that after we um get done talking oh, to to. But we got some more. Yeah, we're, we're, just one last point. But Trump tweeted earlier today. He said, "I suggest that we add more dollars to healthcare and make it the best anywhere. Obamacare is dead. <laughs> Republicans will do much better." So there you go. His budget. Right. It's all a matter of who's in power. Matt Walsh next on Cross Politics to talk about his new book, The Unholy Trinity. Next on Cross Politics. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. CanonPress.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Welcome back to Cross Politic. With us today, we're really grateful to have Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is a writer, speaker, and one of the religious rights most influential young voices millions of people read his columns on the blaze every month and he has a new book out called the unholy trinity that's right yeah. um matt it, it it says here something about alpacas 
and you've got to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I can't explain that because uh, I, that would that would cost you. It's a very high <laughs> consulting fee for my alpaca grooming tips. So I'm oh, oh, there you <laughs> go. That's funny because oh, actually, actually, I can't believe it. One of Toby's elders but, owns an alpaca farm, right, Toby? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, oh, we, wow. we have we have alpacas. So I could we could quiz you on your alpaca knowledge if we really wanted to. <laughs> well, we could yeah we could we could definitely talk shop some uh, some other time sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, it's the the bio I'm looking at says actually that you're 27. I don't know if that's true anymore, but um, you're uh, you've been you haven't been doing this for too long, and you're not a you're you're a young man. Um, how did you how did you break into this world of political commentary? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I have aged uh, three years since since that bio was written. I guess I'm thirty now, but um, uh, still, I you know, I, I guess you, you I, I certainly have. I guess you could say I'm still somewhat uh, new to this in the last few years or so. Um, and it started for me. Uh, you know, really, you have to go back to when I was twenty, and I got into uh, radio, and I did radio. At first, it was just rock radio, small time, uh-huh. you know, rock station in Delaware, and um, I did that. And, and my goal was to transition into talk radio, so I did. I did uh, kind of a news talk, local, you know, very small market news talk for yeah. a few years. And uh, that's when, you know, about eight years of that, I uh, started a website, started writing, and it really took off relatively quickly, which is, I think, unusual. And uh, Pretty soon, that became my my thing. That's what it did. It sort of took over everything else. Right. Yeah. Now you got this new book out, Unholy Trinity. Um, what's that about, and why should people care about it? Well, it's a book about the um, the three what I, what I consider to certainly be the three central battlefields, the, the three primary battlefields of the culture war, which are life, marriage, and gender. And the Unholy Trinity refers to this kind of three-pronged assault that the left has waged on the culture by trying to redefine uh, human life, marriage, and now, of course, we have to add gender into that. Mm. And this, look, I, I, uh, it, it's, it has seemed obvious to me for a very long time that these three issues are linked, mm-hmm. that these are the most important issues from a cultural perspective. And uh, if, I, I wish I could say that there were a lot of other books written about this, you know, linking all these issues together, and so right. I didn't have to write it. But but really, as far as I can tell, you know, no no one else had really written this book, at least recently. Um, so that's why I wrote it, and uh, that's why I hope uh, you know some people care about it anyway. Yeah, and the the subtitle the subtitle says "Blocking the Left's Assault on Life, Marriage, and Gender." Um, what what is your prescription? Um, how how should conservatives and Bible believing Christians, in particular, how are we to block this? Yeah, well, I, I wish I, I wish I had a you know ten point plan or something like that, or <laughs> yes, some please, very practical. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, it would, yeah, it would be nice. I, I you know, and everybody always asks me that, and and uh, it's fairly enough because they, they it is there in the subtitle book. Um, but I think you know, just talk, speaking in broad strokes, we we have to first begin by. I know it sounds almost like a cop out to say this, but we have to begin by conservatives and Christians. Uh, being galvanized and, and unified around these issues, understanding why these are the important issues, because I, it's, it just strikes me that we cannot effectively engage the left on these topics or really any topics until we, and when I say we, I mean conservatives and Christians, all, are, are all on the same page to begin with. And, and, and right. so we, you know, we're kind of fighting amongst ourselves. We don't have the same priorities. And that's why we're not able to engage the left, because we're not even on the same. And I think if you got got 100 conservatives in a room, so-called conservatives, ask them all, you know, what are the most important things facing America? You get like 75 different answers. And yeah. I think you know, a lot of people consider that a good thing. And, and they say, well, that's, you know, we're all free thinking. And but, but it also shows that we're, that we, we don't have that. We don't, we don't know what our priorities are. We're not on the same page. And so, be, so it, it begins at least with that. And that's one of the primary reasons I wrote the book is to explain to quote unquote, our side, um, why these issues are important. So I, I, when I, I, you know, I've probably followed you actually probably for three years since your, your website really took off. And I've always, whenever I read you, I've always benefited greatly from what I've read about you, but I've always, I've always seen, you've been very articulate and critical 
but I've always felt like you've been maybe a little lacking on solutions. Um, you know, what is, you, you do a great job analyzing kind of this unholy trinity, but then I want to, I want to hear like, well, the solution is this, you know, galvanizing um, conservatives. Well, I mean, every, every Republican who's run for president has tried to do that. <laughs> You know, it seems like there has to be something deeper beyond galvanizing conservatives to really take root and change, uh, I guess, fundamentally change everything. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, and I, and I know what you're saying, but when people say, well, we need solutions, we need solutions. This is one of the, I think, and it's going to sound strange, but in some ways, it's like, well, let's skip ahead to the solutions. You know, I, mm. I think that that's the wrong approach, that they're even... There's not like some you know strategy that we can all employ. And, oh, everything's better now. It's it, 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 and that doesn't exist. And anyone who sells it to you is lying. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's. And I've heard a lot of people. Well, this is the solution. No, it's not the solution. And I and I really do believe it begins with how how in the world are we supposed to effectively do everything, do anything, when you have a great many conservatives and Christians who don't even understand that it's important to protect marriage and don't even know what the arguments are in favor of it. Yeah, right. You know, they, they don't even know that. that and, and, and now we move on to gender, and, uh, and uh, you have a lot of conservatives and Christians are just hands off on this issue. It doesn't even matter. So, so I cannot see any way forward unless we first begin by understanding these are it. These are the issues you need to care about. These issues, yeah. uh, And then once we once we're once we're on that on that same page, I think the the next solution, which is you know long term, and again, it's not a we're not flipping a switch, but the next quote unquote solution is generational you know we lost mm. the kind we lost yeah, the right. culture mm-hmm. over the course of generations that's right and so the, the real the real quote-unquote solution is when we all raise our kids and our families in this truth you know to be warriors for truth um and then maybe over the course of several generations we can quote-unquote win back the culture but if anyone's looking for a solution that's going to take effect in the next 5 10 15 years i just it doesn't exist well yeah and, uh, that's right and, we- that's right, man. I don't think we got here just in the last five or 15 years. Yeah. So their solution definitely can't be a five or 15 year answer, right? It's, it's something that's going to start and have to take root in those next five or 15 years. But one of the things that I, I, I really loved um, about your book is chapter eight. And this kind of keeps in line with solution and answering the problem. But chapter eight to me is almost like somewhat of a roadmap, maybe. And I don't know if you wrote that to be that. And chapter eight is the insanity of transgenderism. Right. And but the the slower title title is how minuscule minority bent the culture to its will. And when I read that, I was like, well, like it's it is a minuscule minority. Mm -hmm. And yet they were able to bend the conscious culture, even Christians to 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 their will, really, to be sympathetic to them. I'm trying to figure out how did they in that chat? How did they do that? Explain to me how that that minuscule minority culture was able to do something that we're trying to figure out how to do <laughs> as a larger culture. How did they do that? Well, I think they began, and that's why, uh, you know, life, marriage, and gender, I, I have it, I list it that way because I think it also is in, in order of sort of, uh, of, uh, of importance, but mm. also it's chronological that the, that the, uh, the assault began on redefining human life and then moved on to marriage then gender. And I think it had to work that way that they sort of were preparing the soil, I guess you could say, for this last uh, seed that they planted, mm. and they couldn't have done it. So, so you know, trans, the, the quote-unquote transgenderism has existed, um, at least the word or the concept has existed for decades, but uh, it didn't really catch on until after uh, the, what a lot of conservatives thought was the final thing when the liberals won the issue on marriage. It didn't catch on until after that, and I think there was a reason for that, because oh, yeah. they'd already established, for one thing, They'd already established that, listen, human life is relative. Uh, human life is relative to how convenient that life is to mm, those around it. Marriage, right. is re- marriage, is, marriage is relative to, you know, your appetites and your desires. And once that's been established, then sure, gender is relative, of course. And, and uh, the other thing that they'd also established on top of relativism is this kind of emotionalism. This, um, you know, whoever's most emotionally invested wins, whoever, whoever yeah. feels the most the strongest is automatically right and uh, many christians have been buying into that for a long time and and so i think that's what it came down to they, they used a lot of the same arguments they made with came down this is what we want to do it's, it's what feels right for us and who are you to tell us that it can't be this and so they set the stage i think that way and uh, and once it was set it was relatively easy i think to move on to this but how do they do it as a minority 
I mean, I mean, why would anybody? How do you take power as a minority when no one you don't have any power at all? You you get to push an agenda to the majority of people who don't agree with you, and yet you're still able to bend. You know, it's like the tail wagging the dog. What was the strategy in that? In that? Well, listen, they they've been all they're in the minority on all these issues. Let's remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gay people are in the vast mi- minority, and even on an issue like abortion, uh, it's a it's a it's a minority of the country, a small minority that feels strongly like you know, we have to be able to kill babies. Um, There's a, there's a very strong, there's a very small minority of radically pro-abortion people. And most people are sort of in between um, to go either way on it. And and I, but I think that's how they do it. It's by, it's by creating this environment of kind of apathy where they're not going to win you over to their side. Um, They may, they, they may, they're not even really trying to, they're not trying to convince you of this. All they're trying to convince you is that you shouldn't care. It doesn't affect you. And, um, and if you do care too much, then you're a bigot and just, just care, you know, just focus on your own life and your own thing. And that's all they have to do is just with the majority of people, just like, just do your own thing. Don't worry about us. It doesn't affect you. And mm. that I think has been the most, that's been the most compelling argument that they've made that the, that the other things, and this is why I go back to galvanizing United Conservatives. Because that's an argument that conservatives have not come up with an answer to. On all these issues, they say, doesn't affect you, why do you care about it? Right. And, there is, and rarely do I hear any conservative actually answer that question. Usually they'll say, yeah, they'll either agree with it or they'll try to move on to another argument. But that's the argument that wins for them every time. Yeah. So we have to be able to explain why this stuff matters and why it does affect you and why you should care. And we haven't done that, and I think that's how they've won. How, how does transgenderism think- affect us? So, so just so you know, because I think a lot of times is that we hear this and it's like, OK, how do we respond back to them when they're saying, no, listen, Matt, it doesn't affect you. I just want to be this way. What is me being this way? How is that going to hurt you in any kind of way? Right. And you say, well, I would say I would say, yeah, I, I would say uh, I would say two things. Um, the first is, you know, it affects me the same way that if you tried to say, hey, we, we're going to come up with a new system of geometry. And we're going to start calling circles triangles from now on. And it doesn't, you know, just, just, just let us do it. it. You know, this is what we want to do. Just leave us alone. We're going to call circles triangles. And um, and we and for the most part, I could go about my day and go to the store and live my life. And the fact that circles are triangles really wouldn't necessarily creep up on me. But after a while, you know, it does. It kind of. If you if you're trying to, for instance, like build buildings with that with that idea in mind. Um, that's going to be a problem when you don't understand geometry and you're building buildings. And one of these days I'm going to be in one of those buildings that you built with this new geometry and it might fall on my head. And uh, so then it's going to start to affect me in a real physical kind of way. So I think it begins with just, tr- just it, it, it does affect us all whether or not we live in a culture that understands basic truth. You know, truth is something we all, we're, we all have a stake in that. We all, we, all, we all exist in truth. And so we all have a stake in it, and it's all of our business. You know, the truth is all of our business. Um, and I think if we start to ignore the truth, and on a practical level, at first, it won't affect us practically, but then inevitably it always does, because they, once you start constructing institutions and building your society around these falsehoods, eventually that will start to affect you in a real practical way. And so we've seen a lot of falsehoods that they told us wouldn't affect us, have affected us by you know, the effect that they've had on the family by breaking down the family, by the, the school system, by government, you know, all of these institutions are built around these falsehoods. And, um, and then they, then they start to affect us in a way that we can't ignore. And so I'd say those, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it works. Yeah. To- Toby, did you want to jump in on here? Yeah. I was going to say, it seems like back to the question about solutions and maybe this is what you're getting at Matt with galvanizing Christians is it seems like the minority has successfully, shamed Christians. Mm, they got answers, um, right? <laughs> we, we're, 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 well, we've become embarrassed. We're, we're embarrassed of the truth. We're embarrassed of Christian morals. We're embarrassed of these things. And so that's how they've successfully maneuvered us. And so we're apologetic. Um, and and I, I was just having lunch a, a few minutes ago with um, an Iranian friend of mine. I grew up in Iran. I grew up in Islam is is in america now is is not a christian 
but he, I get to, I, I, eat, I eat lunch with him and he, he knows I'm a, a Christian pastor. And he says, he says, Toby, you need to tell your people to stop being ashamed. Mm. Tell your people to stop being ashamed. Wow. And yeah. this is a non, is a non, non-Christian guy who grew up in Islam has completely re- repudiated Islam, but isn't really particularly religious. And he says, the problem with America, the problem with, you know, all this culture war stuff is as Christians are ashamed, they've been cowed into being quiet and, and you need to tell them to stop being afraid. Um, and I think that's one of the things, Matt, I mean, about your writing in particular, I mean, you take a lot of flack, I think for being bold. Um, and, uh, and, you know, saying it how it is and not really caring, uh, if it hurts somebody's feelings, do you, do you agree that that itself is important? It's not just the message itself, but it's also how we say the message. Yeah. And, and well, on the thing you talk about shame, I do think that's a huge part of it, I, but I also think another part of it, you know, we talked about apathy. I think there are a lot of Christians who aren't ashamed. They just don't care. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. and, and, and not only don't care, but they, but they don't understand. Yeah, it, there's also a problem of, you know, nobody reads anymore. Nobody has any curiosity and any intellectual curiosity. So a lot of, you know, they, they don't, they don't care and they, they can't, they don't know. You, you ask the average Christian, oh, why does the Bible say this about marriage? They couldn't tell you. They, they couldn't even begin to explain why yeah. it matters. Yeah, um, that's right. But I think maybe that, maybe, maybe that process begins with shame. People start being ashamed and eventually they stop caring. And I think one of the reasons why we're, why we're so ashamed of our faith in this culture is that we, we bought into this um, notion that we, you know, we've been taught over the course of decades now that faith is a, we have to compartmentalize it. And it's just, it's just an aspect of your life. It's a private aspect. And everyone says, what are the two things you don't talk about in, in polite company, religion and politics. Right. When any interesting right. person I've ever known, that's like the only thing you ever talk about. That's right. right. That's right. Oh, that's really <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> right. You, know, you add, add sports into that. And that's, those are the only three things I ever feel like talking about. But, um, but, but that's what we've been right. told. These are the private thing. Keep it to yourself. And when, when it used to be different and we used to, and it's not like we lived in a utopia, but, um, when, when, you know, when you had an actual, when the West was a Christian civilization, faith was, it, it was just a deep ingrained part of the culture and your religion was everything about you and you lived according to it. And, um, and society was structured that way. But once you start telling, well, it's a private aspect of your life, you know, it's like what you do in the bedroom kind of thing. Right. Then that's what people start feeling ashamed. And, uh, yeah. and so, we're also seeing the, the weird reversal where, your religion is the, the, it's like we should treat it like a thing you do in your bedroom and not talk about but the things you do in your bedroom now you can talk about that in, you know in front of anybody so and people need yeah, to pay for it I think kind of things have been, <laughs> yeah and, right yeah things so, yeah so let me let me maybe appear to change the topic just for a second um you know um let's let's pretend this you know matt me and you are friends we go we go way back now we're we go way back 15 minutes all of a sudden and and you're you're writing you you're i get you're talking to the public you're talking, you're trying to embolden people. You're being serrated and cutting for a reason. I get that. And I think you're hitting your target for the most part pretty well. But let's say I'm your friend and I feel like um, I'm changing. I feel like uh, um, I you know, there's been something burning inside me and I, I feel like I'm a black Jamaican person and, I, and that's who i'm and he's not mad he's actually really white <laughs> I'm, I'm white he's, but he's let's white. say hey man i'm a black jamaican person and you're no, my don't friend do that. don't do that please <laughs> okay. okay but you know so so what do you what do you say to your friend versus what you say in your writings how do you handle that situation yeah obviously i, I think uh that's people say people say that to me all the time like well would you talk to your friend this way and no of course i wouldn't because it, it's a different you know you're talking to uh, thousands of people, it's very different than when you're talking to someone one-on-one. Um, you know, you, you, you have to adjust your message depending on the environment, of course. I think, I think that used to be pretty obvious, but <laughs> if I was talking to a, to a friend who, who uh, if I was talking to a friend who came to me with something like this, um, I would tell them that, you know, the, the message that I would send used to be popular message is, uh, is really one of self-acceptance. Like, you know, you know, and that's not who you are. This is who you are. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't bring you any despair, any embarrassment. Um, this, this desire to be something other than what you are is something that comes from self-hatred and you shouldn't hate yourself. You should love yourself. So th- this is a, this, what we're talking about is a message of, uh, of self-love. And I think that concept of self-love has been way perverted and, and twisted 
um, to become this kind of selfishness, but there is a truth there, and we should love ourselves because we're all created by God. And um, and I think and I feel so like I feel the, like that's where you're kind of getting to is one of the things you said in your book was we need to get at what truth is and all this. Um, I was watching Hillary Clinton today. She was giving her um, you know Wallacean um, commencement speech, and she said in her commencement speech that there's a, an attack on truth. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. if anybody that can't claim there's an attack on truth or thinks that there's an attack on truth, it can't be the Democratic Party. They, you know, it's like your own Holy Trinity is a good example of this. They are happy to change the definition of marriage. They're happy to change the definition of life. Life. Um, they believe the world's six point, well, four point six billion years old. I mean, you like go down the list, and they just take one untruth after another and swallow it whole, and then it runs down even a farther hill. And, and rolls to the bottom. So I think I think truth and what God's word has for us and all this is is like the 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 solution that gets past our feelings of even I understand what you're saying about kind of loving yourself, but you can only truly love yourself because Jesus is true and he um died for your sins so that you can love him first and then love your neighbor, which obviously includes you. Does that make sense? Right, exactly. And that's that's the uh but if I was asked, so I'm saying if I was asked this question, someone that you know transgender or something like that, uh, that would be my message that you were created by God uh, this way, and and it's not like and, and there's a, there's a unity there, um, so it's not like your soul is trapped in your body like it's a you know like your body some sort of shell, but in fact your body is is you as well as well as your soul. There's a unity harmony that exists between the two. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God gave you that. And it's a beautiful thing. And because God gave this to you and made you who you are, that's why you should love yourself. And that's, that's, that's love begins with God. And that's why we should love anyone, including ourselves, because they were created by God. And that's what God wants us to do. Um, Amen. Yeah. of course, if, you know, it, 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 if we're, if we're talking, if, if someone comes to you and they're secular and they don't believe in God, and, they come with these questions and it becomes even more difficult because we're not, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, and this is one of the problems of living in such a secular culture is that yeah. we're not, we're not, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not starting from the same starting point at all. So it's, you know, we don't have any common ground the way to connect with each other. Well, there is a starting point. They, they just deny any, it. Right. There is a starting point. They just deny it. Like there's right. only there's a starting point, but, but if you're, if you're talking to someone who fundamentally denies that starting point, but, and, but you're not arguing about the starting point. You're arguing about something further down the road. Well, it's hard to engage with them about the thing further down the road without first starting by arguing over the starting point, but then you've lost sight of that thing. So, so, so every argument just becomes an argument over whether or not there's a God, and like you can't move on and talk about anything else. Um, and, but that's right. sort of inevitably how it works. And, uh, right. which, is, which is, I guess, that's, that's where I'd, I'd like to move the debate back there. It's like, well, you can't even say what's right and wrong because you believe in no God. You believe we're just, we're just stardust. You believe we're just fizzing people fizzing we're just we're just chemical reactions so who cares what you think and who cares what i think you know that's it's like the the presuppositionalist argument it's like let's get to the basis of all this yeah and that's why uh the i'm sorry good i was gonna say um what's uh what's your hope with this book and um and what what do you think uh what what do you hope is next Mm -hmm. Uh, you know if, if this if this takes root um people read this people are galvanized by this what would you hope would be the result and what would you hope uh would be next following this next like in the culture or for me personally go running for president um <laughs> both um well i my, my hope with the, with the book is kind of what i've been saying and i and i've been very uh i've been thrilled honestly by a lot of the reaction i've gotten to the book yeah. from people who have said you know that this this book you know, stirred me. It 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 made me realize that these are the important issues and equipped me to go out there and engage in these things. And I've had a very a great number of people have told me that you know they went into this book not agreeing with me. Maybe 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 calling themselves conservatives so we have a little bit of agreement, but not mm. agreeing with me right. on these issues, and they came out agreeing. And so that makes you that makes you feel good. But I don't think that you know this book is going to like change the world or anything. It's going to solve all the problems. Uh, not uh, I'm not planning that, although I guess if it could change even one person, it has changed the world in some way. Um, as far as what's next in our, you know, I, I generally, you know, culturally speaking, I try to, although it may not seem like that sometimes, I try to be hopeful, and I am hopeful ultimately, like I talk about at the end of the book, that 
ultimately we all know, you know, we know what, what happens in the long run. We know the truth wins and God wins. And so that's where our hope lies is in that knowledge. Um, but at the same time, we have to balance that with being realistic about where we are right now and, uh, and where maybe we'll be in the next 10 to 15 years. And I don't see, you know, I think we're on sort of a downward trajectory in our culture, and I do think it will continue. Uh, we're on this so-called, you know, the proverbial slippery slope. We're on it. Yeah, right. And uh, I don't see anything that's going to stop that slide right now. Mm. Um, I think there's some kind of rock bottom we're going to hit as a, as, a, as a civilization. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't think we are. Eventually we'll be there. And the question will be, at that point, you know, can we rebuild from there? And as I said, if we're going to, if we're going to, it's going to be a generational struggle um, mm. that has to begin has to begin at home. So that's that's why I'm always I'm always saying to people in my generation, like you know, get married, have babies. Um, Love nobody Jesus. Really says that anymore, <laughs> yeah. but that's that's one reason I say it. It's like if we're going to win back the culture, we need the we need numbers. So um, <laughs> yeah, out there and, and make some make some little uh, culture soldiers. <laughs> Amen. The Unholy Amen. Trinity by Matt Walsh. Make sure you go to Amazon and pick that up. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us on Cross Politics. You're you're a Catholic, right? I am. That's correct. Oh, oh man! Next time you come on the show, we're going to have to talk about that. See if we can get you over to our side. Yeah, Presbyterian, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Walsh, you're holy. Uh, yeah, let's set it. Let's set aside a four-hour session. Let's, <laughs> let's just do it. And, and the alpacas. <laughs> we'll talk about the alpacas too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, Matt. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Professed unbelievers like to stump Christians with the question, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? Well, no. No, he can't. There are things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot change. And he can't contradict himself, to name but a few. Of course, then the professed unbeliever will say, if God can't do those things, then he isn't all-powerful. What they refuse to realize is that those things are not powers. They are weaknesses. To make a rock so big that it can't be lifted would be a logical contradiction. That would be a weakness, not a power, and is therefore something that God cannot do. Of course, they'll likely insist that in order to be omnipotent, God must be able to do the logically impossible. Then I say, okay, fine. A God who can do the logically impossible can, in fact, make a rock so big that he can't lift it. To which they say, aha, then there's something that your God can't do. He can't lift that rock. And I answer, no, a God who can do the logically impossible can lift a rock he can't lift. And the absurdity of their demand is exposed. When we defend our faith, stick to the true nature and character of God, and you can answer anyone. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. This hey. segment is brought to you by Soda Shack. <laughs> Orange <laughs> cream soda. Oh, which, which, which actually tastes like <sighs> sherbet. Like you're drinking orange sherbet. I'm, you know, I'm serious. You're going to hit me with this brick, aren't you? Oh, you know. <sighs> and, and y'all know, <laughs> if you're a regular Cross Politic listener, you've been around for a little while. You know where this drink came from. <laughs> It's a big can. It's orange. It has a big face of Shaquille O'Neal on it. It tastes like, I don't know, like three pounds of sugar. It, it tastes like it should be ice cream. It's four pounds of sugar. Yeah. That, that would so be some know. good ice cream. And you know where this came from? They probably melted the ice cream down and Chuck put some Nog. fizz in this, it. This came from the Chocolate Knox. Well, Chuck Knox. I love my brothers. What can I say? I thought you guys should have hey, some. Are we going to make a Kool-Aid label? It's all right. You know? I, I would make you know a Kool-Aid label, cross-politic Kool-Aid. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't need my pancreas. And, <laughs> and, no, and we'll didn't. send a bag of sugar with it. Oh. <laughs> a five-pound bag yeah, of sugar. Like, that's right. Each serving deserves five pounds of sugar. This is how Chuck Knox <laughs> makes Kool-Aid. If you, if you, look. <laughs> look. That's I, when I go to my wife's friend's house, I bring my own sugar. <laughs> I ain't lying. I do. You got your little bags got, of sugar. Got, yeah. right. you think hey, Sharon. Hey. <laughs> hey, baby, go get me that bottle. Hey, baby. Yeah. Is this the baby's bottle? No, shh. I'm hiding something inside the bottle. Go get me the bottle. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You know All you right. love it. So, so Matt Walsh. Unholy Trinity. Matt Walsh, yes. Unholy Trinity. Yeah. It's a good yeah. book. Um, 
I'm, I haven't got to it yet. It's a good book. But it was great to talk to him. It's a good book. Yeah. I'm really grateful to have we, him on the show. I read it on the plane right out there. Even and though he wouldn't tell us about his um his alpaca, alpaca yeah. stuff. I mean, he was like totally just shut me down. Yeah, yeah he did. Like, He's what's like, up with the alpaca stuff? Watch, no watch your mouth, Toby. No Not secrets. Your, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. He's like, I felt like he was about to hang up on us. Well, like, because yeah, 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 talk to you about the alpacas. It's, it's a real deal, though. Like, it's hard to make money. Secrets. Have, yeah, you got to yeah, have trade, the secrets. Trade secrets. And you know what? Like, if somebody asks me about the secrets of the soda, I'm not going to give my Kool-Aid secrets away secrets either. Secrets of the black Kool-Aid? I'm not going to give them away. You know, a little lime in there. I ain't going to tell you what else. But anyway. But no, he did shut you down because it's hard to ha- make some money off alpaca farm. You yeah. Know? You should yeah. know that. You got people at your church alpaca farm, right? <laughs> I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't know about it. Patch. Patch yeah, Blakey. He does. Elder Patch. Yeah. yeah. No, um, so, uh, yeah, what'd you guys think? You know, I, I think I think my biggest um, I think it kind of came up in our in our interview a little bit is like Matt is really good at um, criticizing, diagnosing the problem, diagnosing the problem and then having a kind of serrated diagnosis of that problem and giving you good rhetoric on how to maybe even talk about it. Um, but like he's short on and I think this actually comes from some of his Catholicism. I think he's short on um, uh you know, offering solutions. I mean, the the biggest solution he really gave us was we need to come the, together. The Roman Catholics are good on guilt, not good on grace. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we're, the biggest stuck in purgatory. Oh, Toby, he's been writing jokes over there this whole time. <laughs> uh, I, uh, but but I think, you know, but he's he's absolutely right though on on the issues of life, marriage, and gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just. Hit it, right? Yeah. He just hit it. Um, it's exactly right. Um, and this goes back to the truth issue. Mm-hmm. He's, he's talking about, okay, these are the big grass is green, sky is blue. These are the big building blocks of reality, the way God has made the world, right? Human life is sacred. It's all right. I'm just talking over here. <laughs> don't, don't worry about me. <laughs> the, the Human life is sacred um, because it, uh, is, is, it is made in the image of God. Yeah. Um, marriage. And gender, this is about the way God made the world. One man, one woman, that's marriage. A man is a man, a woman is a woman. And yeah. th- those things are not changing. Um, this is exactly where um, uh, the the modern secularist, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, godless culture is attacking reality. Well, and I did attacking I, truth. I did take his point, his chronological point about how this all came into play, right? Abortion happened first, and then you had... That was um, a good, that was very good observation. But it, it, but it, I, I think it was good for kind of like our current last forty years. But let's back up and and it didn't at all address how the church led the culture to be to get to where we were at. Yeah, right. That's right. a good point. That's the bigger issue. Um, I, I, the way I look at it, when I think of when I think of abortion, when I think of gay marriage, and when I think of um, marriage between a man and a woman, um, I think of uh, the church kicked kids out of church out of bro. worship with the family bro. long before we had this problem with abortion wrong before roe v wade you got to flesh that out right? because that's a hard thing for people to swallow uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, a very that's, so right. explain explain how yeah. it is that mm-hmm. abortion became such a common thing and how the church yeah. the cult led the culture to that so that's a that's a big statement but you got we got to remember that the that the church whatever the church does culture follows right yeah so that's that's the just the founding and, premise and this is based on jesus says you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world yep right if the light is covered then it, it's great darkness if yep. the salt loses its savor then it's good for nothing yeah right so that's the people of god the yep. church of god is the salt is the light which was the dominating culture right. of our time right yep. but this is before the, our time right before which, this time. which means before though when the church is not being faithful the world won't be faithful. So how is it the church has not been faithful and led to uh, the world accepting abortion or America accepting abortion? So um, uh, in the last last hundred years, there's a, a movement basically to separate the kids from worshiping with their family. Yeah. Right. We had we had everything from nursery to Sunday school yeah. to even little kids church worship while the kids are listening to big boy worship. Um, I can't tell you how many churches I, I, I've, I've been to where, um, you know, maybe the kids are with us in church for the first 10 minutes right. and then all uh, that's they're after, sent out. and then they're sent out yep. or, um, or there's just, or the kids just never even come to church with mommy and daddy. They go to they their, just go off to the nursery and yeah. Sunday school or whatever. Yep. But, but, but while but, we're doing but, big but, worship. But, 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 and then but, but, lastly connected to all this communion. Oh, this, okay. This, so, well, let's take one at a time okay, before you jump to communion. So, <laughs> right. so, so this is, this is failing to recognize that, um, throughout the Bible and throughout 
the church's history, um, the entire covenant people of God are the army of God. And and they worship together and they broke bread together. Right. And they uh, listen to God's word together. So, so, but you guys right. don't understand. I, I come to church. And I just want to have. I, I just want to break. <laughs> I just, I come to church. I want to hit the service. I want to sit down with my husband. Yeah. I just, yep. I just need to break. I can't be running around with kids. They're interrupting right. the service. Right. Matter of fact. Other people who don't have kids, will they please take that crying kid out? Right, right. You know, like, and and that's happening six days a week for the right, parents. Right, right. right. But, but God says that out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, he has ordained strength. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the strength of the church. Ooh, Presbyterian would say that. Not the weakness of the church. Ooh. It's the power yeah, of the amen. church, not mm, the weakness of the yeah. church. Mm. Is, is her children. Her children are part of her power. So you want me to leave my crying baby in the church and mess up the whole service? What I want you to do is I want you to love your crying baby mm. and love that crying baby like a saint. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, Amen. Right? Yeah. Like like the saint that, that Jesus says that he or she is. Amen. Right? Um, and so that means if, if worship is when the, the, the army of God gathers together, old and young, then you, got, you, can't, be, you can't be letting your, your, two, your little Johnny. Yep run the show That's for it. six days and then walk in to a service on Sunday morning okay. and expect little Johnny to, to do anything other than what he's been doing for the last six days. Yeah. And also too, I want to say too, as a church, we don't need to make those people feel like they're no, no. out of place no, as no. well. No, no. Like, you know, you know, they're, they're welcome in, bring a cookie for that baby. You know, right. he's going to be crying that day. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, you know? Exactly. But, but if a we sucker. take, but if yeah. we take this serious, I mean, this goes back to thinking covenantally about our children. Yep. So we got to go back and say, well, what is God doing when he gives us children? He's blessing us. That's right. He's giving us arrows. Oh, come right? on, preach, yeah. preach. Right? Right. He's giving us arrows, right? He's giving us weapons. And we got to sharpen those arrows, right. which means worshiping with us. Right. But that means that you got to be worshiping with your children every day. That's right. It's more than, oh, you know, right. and, and not just that, but also say that how your kids act in church isn't any different than how they're acting at home. No. Yeah. Right, like it, it, it's, your, it's just your it's your report card. It's exactly right. That's so, exactly right. It's your report card. So if your kids are used to gathering with you for prayer and to sing and to hear the Bible read, yep. then yeah, I mean they're going to get antsy here and there. And of you're course, have to Absolutely. take them out and you have to teach them and so on. Yeah. But but they know what they're doing. They're Christians. That's right. Right. They know we get together. Well, every- once they make a confession, they're Christians. Pass it. Don't jump all over this. Don't. <laughs> See, oh, y'all going no. to get the cage stage comments hey, now. Hey, hey, it's comments like you. That's why we get those iTunes. Uh. <laughs> so, um, but, 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 but I think Gabe's the, absolutely right. I, I agree with them 100%. I, I, I'm I'm just trying not to say it because people go on iTunes right. when I start talking about it and say that I'm a cage right. Presbyterian. Right. Come, come, yeah. but, come on. Come after us. Listen, come, I would, on. Come, come on. on. Come, come, come on. Come at me, bro. Come at me. Come on, me, bro. You <laughs> but know what I'm let's address the but, practical. I was going to say, how does it lead? Yeah, how does that lead then to... That therefore abortion, we we are oh. we are not receiving the gift of God for what it is, and we're not receiving it for the potent gift that it is. Yep. And so when the church begins, well, I mean, birth control. Yeah. But well, actually, they would say the pushback right? would be like, no, we absolutely are. That's why we're creating a separate service for them, right? So that they can have something right. that's tailored that they can grasp. Right. But I, I think, I mean, I think that's what we're doing. But I think also, I mean. You know, there was decades yeah. that the church was already, many in the church were already saying, I don't know about kids. Yeah. Kids are kind of a nuisance. Yeah. They kind of get in the way. I guess I'll have two, maybe yeah. three. Well, to use plain language, you abort kids out of worship. Oh. Right? Ooh. What's going to happen? What's going to happen 30, 40 years? But, I just gave him a high five because I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to say because I'm going to get in trouble. You, Look, I was at a Reformed Baptist church. But, but I think we were I think we were also just rejecting the gift. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Even yeah. before we yeah. sent them out to the service. Sending him out of the service is a is a is a symptom also yeah. of the fact that we're not even welcoming the children. We're, we're we're getting married and we're like, well, actually, it's more about me. And it's my, convenient and my career and my clean house and my body and all of these other things. And maybe we'll get to kids. If you want to leave a comment, go to iTunes.com, <laughs> find Cross Politic. What's what's your that Facebook is, page, David? Is, uh, is, <laughs> the voice you just heard was Pastor Toby. Uh, Something chocolate, <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, and if you want to find me, come at me, bro. Like I'm, I'm with that. But, th- but I think I think that's but exactly I think, but right. But I think we weren't thinking like this is God wanting to bless us. Yeah. He says, "Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, yeah. subdue it." Yeah. Right. Fill it. And, with- and we don't want to fill our worship. Sure. Right. Our worship so, with, with yeah, kids. We don't want to fill our homes with kids. Yeah. Oh. Much, much less fill our church with kids. Right. And so what we're doing is we, you know, what do we do? We send them to daycare. Yeah. Right. We send, yeah. you know, we don't. We're not loving them day in and day out. We're not nurturing right. them as fa- fathers and mothers. And so, of course, when we right. go to church, we want to keep doing the same thing. Right. 
Ooh. Well, I think uh, Pastor Wilson made the connection between nurseries, you know, um, daycare, uh, husband and wife go off to work, they put their kid in daycare, and no wonder you get put in the old fogey homes when you're 65, 70 Ooh. years old. Yeah, they're going to put right? you in the nursery. Right. Ooh. No wonder No wonder we get in the nursery. We don't get taken care of yep. by our children when we're 70 years old now, and need help. Jump, jump to communion. Now, okay. so that's part, part. So we've yeah. basically said as a church community, children are a nuisance or not valuable. We That's what, ultimately what we're saying, right? They're, they're interfering with our lives. They're right, interfering right. with our service. Right. They're getting in the and, way. And what we're doing They're, they're interfering is, with my worship experience is mm, what we're saying. Right. And right. We're, right. we're giving away the power of God. Yeah. We are reject. We are rejecting the potency of the gospel. Nursing babes is strange. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this goes to the sacraments. Yeah. So, yep. so yep. all right, we're going we're gonna to stand on a chair and we're going to take our, we're going to, we're going to whip our, our shirts around for a second for, for, baptizing our babies yeah, i'm in are you let's ready are you, are you ready okay so ba- so if you're if there's some baptists out there you know you can plug your ears you, you maybe, can hit pause maybe fast forward email the us <laughs> email us a memo it's only the last five minutes of the show yeah, have, have your children you know cl- plug their ears you email know, us a memo email us a memo yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but but what we are saying when we baptize our children is we are saying that the gospel is it, it, it the power of the gospel is in the sovereignty of god the sovereign right. grace of God, right. right? He is the one who initiates. He is the one who saves. And so when we bring our baby who can't talk, mm. and we say, this is the gospel. It's the power of God to save. He loved us first, right? That's, Amen. That's, Amen. that's how we know yeah. love. Amen. He loved us first. He's the initiator. And so that's where, that's where the power of the gospel is. Yeah. It's found in his power and our weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why Jesus says, of such is the kingdom of God. In fact, you can't come into the kingdom unless, unless. you become like one of these little children. Amen. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because it highlights his power. Amen. All right? But we're rejecting his power and saying, no, we, we want to be, we, we got to be big and strong and not be distracted. Right? And, and, and don't, don't get tied up in all these, these little kid things. Right. And Jesus says, oh, stop it. Yeah. Mm. Right? Let them come to me. And, this is the kingdom. And, and that's so, the same thing with communion. And Yeah, right. And so communion is... Um, it's, it's such a funny standard because I let my kids come to my table, but I don't let kids come to Jesus's table. Like how much more should my kids be at Jesus's table before they come to my table? Oh, you talking about this paedo communion stuff. I'm talking about this paedo communion, oh. right? I was right. just talking about but weekly communion. But, 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 it's a fa- funny but, standard. But families don't even eat together. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing again. Like we didn't, we didn't, we don't eat with our kids. We don't love our kids. At, and we, Monday, we, Monday through Saturday. Monday and through not Saturday. at church. Yeah. But guys, there's no Bible verses. Oh, I'm turned to a Baptist. Look at me. I'm beating the table. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, there is. Uh, you're gonna, yes, there is. Hey, you're going to steal my flask, man. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, you, there now is. you lost everybody. Now you got drinking going on in the studio. We were least, already drinking uh, shack soda. <laughs> I mean, how many people have we offended by drinking shack soda? <laughs> All the black people still listening. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of people Ooh. with scruples. Uh, uh, they're like, I, t- I they signed a card and I said I'd never drink shack soda. Let's let's move on to marriage real quick. I know I know we're cutting some of this. Imp- I, I'm there. Baptism I'm there. Actually, okay. I want to move there. Yeah, let's move on to marriage real quick. So and men. So I want to kick some men. We had <laughs> right now. Yeah, come on. Well, let me well, get Wait, it to him. The get reason him. the reason why we have all this chaos with marriage is because we had no fault divorce long before we got to this whole marriage debacle. Right. Right. So no fault divorce came in. We what, call it a debacle, but it's okay. What, yeah. What do you mean no fault divorce? What do you, what are you talking so, about? So um, the um, I forget what decade. I think it was the 60s or 50s. I don't know. Where they basically um, created a category for no-fault divorce, which meant that you didn't have to have a, a, reason. a lawful reason to divorce your wife. So Okay, so that or, happened in the or, law. Yep. So, so it used to be, that used to be before a, that? used to be adultery. You had a reason for divorce. If, if Christianity is inf- affecting the culture yep. and the culture is following whatever Christianity is doing, what has happened before that then in the church? That would make that the, the oh so so before we got to no fault divorce yes. that's, a, that's a great according that's a great to point. Wikipedia the first modern no fault divorce law was enacted in Russia in December 1917 there you go 1917 uh, really a law was adopted in 1969 in California led by Ronald Reagan oh great there you go was the first U S state to permit no do- no, no fault, fault divorce, divorce. because Thanks. Ronald had been divorced before you remember that right. Thanks so, Ron yeah. great job yay leader. Ronald Reagan yeah, <laughs> our champion. Yeah. Uh, Australia did it. Wait, wait, let's answer this question. But David, David brings up a good point here. Yeah, you're saying what, that, what happened before no fault divorce in the civil arena? What was going on in the with the church, church. with marriage um, before no fault divorce? Toby, we <laughs> we weren't we we didn't we weren't being men and women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we, we weren't being faithful. Right. Um, it, this is in the 60s, 
right? Sixty nine was right? the first. So, first but this this is um, in in the in the decades leading up to this, despite the pretty pictures on TV, right? Men, and, yeah. husbands, and wives yeah. were not being faithful, yeah. and they marriages were, marriages they were not, were not faithful. happy marriages, right? So uh, this, this, the, you know. No. You can't go back to the 50s and say, we just get back to the 50s. No, that wasn't good right? enough. No. The, the reason why all their kids turned com- out to completely be flower re- children. <laughs> rebelled in the 60s and 70s yep. is because they saw the hypocrisy. Oh, man. That's exactly right. right. And so this is nonsense. That tree produced a certain type of fruit. Right. You can't, that, yeah. That's the fruit, which tells us exactly what their marriages were like. So they were already being unfaithful. They kept up, I think, more of a show yeah. Yeah. Right. of, of right. being sort of staying married, and, and divorce was a lot less common, but it was fake. Yeah. And so in the 60s, they're like, let's stop playing. Let's just get divorced and get remarried. Let's just have... Or let's not get married at all. Let's not get married yeah. at all, yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Right. Which is which is also where, for, for the black culture, that's where everything flipped. If you remember, 70% of children in the black family grew up in a, in a two-parent household. Up until it, about the 40s or 50s. Uh, well, actually, about 50s, 60s. Intact it, families. And, yeah. And then, and then 50s, 60s, that number flipped. Yeah, thanks, So it went 70% right. that grew up in single-family homes. And then remember, in 1973, with, with Roe versus Wade, one of the fundamental things that was also happening at the very moment that it said it's legal to murder a baby, it also was saying that the father of the child has no, no nope. say in yep. the life of that child. Yep. Mm. Right? No parental rights. So that, yep. that ruling effectively broke the family apart as well. Right. right? right. The, the life of a child is only the choice of a mother and, and, and between her so, and her doctor and not the father. So back this up. Where did that, have, that come into play it's in the same church? thing. It's the same thing. The man is not... Taking responsibility for his wife and his children. Well, yeah, you got you for got decades. You, one of the things too is work was hard. Men come home, don't engage their families. Right, right. Like that's not loving that their wife. Whole, That's where feminism creeped in. Right, feminism creeped in because men weren't being men. Right, yeah. right. That's exactly where it came in. That men right. weren't being men. Women said, well, you know what? If you're not gonna be a man, I'm gonna take these things away from you. Right, right. We're gonna start voting now. You know, <laughs> like, all yeah. of a sudden, all these things, right. these things right. happen. Right, this because, is my child, my body. Right, you, you, right. you, you don't have yeah. any say with this. Right, and it, but this is all a down downstream result of men not being men yeah and, well, that, and, and that's why and, we live in a culture now that's just full of um pushovers right. again no backbone no spine right. no men and i think the big thing we want to leave here with is that this started in the church first right and this is why we need jesus yeah. <laughs> right jesus is the real man and he's the only one that can take broken and messed up men and make them new until next Amen. week love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight Laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics.